0: I'm from a non-Christian family, my mum and my dad, two pretty large families, my mum's side of the family very big, my dad's side fairly big, um, they, weren't, they weren't Christians, <clears throat> nobody in either side of extended family were Christians as far as I was aware, um, but my parents separated when I was two years old, um, I went to live with my mum my to the east coast of, uh, of England Uh, into a very interesting family, (laughs) I I, I can tell you about it if you want, but it is a very interesting family, Um, but I pined for my dad apparently, Uh, I don't remember too much of that, but I do remember uh, going on a train journey with my dad and uh, apparently it was when he came to collect me um, and we caught the train back to the other side of the country when I was four years old and I went to live with my dad and my uncle and my grandparents. and when I was about 4 or 5, my uncle uh, asked me what did I want to be when I grow up, apparently. And uh, my answer to him was, uh, a preacher. Um, and that was just kind of weird, because I, nobody knew what a preacher was really. Um, and, um, but my, mom, my grandmother just said an extraordinary thing. Um, she said, well, I suppose we'd better send you to Sunday school then. So that's what she did, she found a Sunday school. We, had a, we, 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 weren't, we didn't have a lot of money, and so um, our shoes we had to buy on a weekly basis. So we had a man who came round every Monday night, um, and, and, and you would choose your, your, your shoes, and uh, then you would pay him each week. So he'd have a little book where he'd, he'd tick your name off, because we couldn't afford to buy, to buy shoes. Um, and uh, he was the Sunday school superintendent. So my grand said to him the next Monday, um, our Steve wants to, um, wants to become a preacher, so we think we should send him to Sunday school. Can he come to yours? So he said, Yeah, of course he can. So um, I went to, to that Sunday school. I don't remember anything about that Sunday school at all. I mean, I was only five. Um, but I do, my, my dad then got remarried at seven, um, when I was seven, he wasn't, um, and into another very big extended family. Um, and we moved to live next door to my uh, stepmom's mum, uh, but it was in this really tiny hamlet uh, in the middle of the countryside. But um, about 200 yards down, no, you don't work in that. Okay, let's say 100 meter, 200 metres, whatever, down the road, there was a Methodist chapel stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the superintendent of that Methodist chapel was a Christian, a lady by the name of Mrs. Townsend. Um, And because I'd been going to a Sunday school where we used to live, my dad and stepmom sent me to this Sunday school Um, and she was a Christian and she taught the Bible but what was most significant is that her husband was the headmaster of the local school and he was a Christian too Uh, and he was a great, great, uh, they were both great Christians, lovely Christians, lovely family. Um, and every morning at school so I used to get taught the Bible at Sunday school and I used to go to church uh, the church meeting and uh, we didn't always get taught the Bible then but sometimes we did um, and then um, I, uh, on a Monday morning Tuesday morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning we used to have assembly when Mr Townsend the headmaster would preach it was only a small school about 15 at the lowest 25 at the highest the pupils in it and then from 9.30 till 10.30 he did religious education, but actually it was scripture union Bible reading notes. So we used to just study the Bible, and I love studying the Bible, I really did, that's where I kind of just got my love for God's word. Um, I'll just do an aside, and then, but Mr. Townsend, you said, my gran used to clean for Mr. Townsend, and Mr. and Mrs. Townsend. Um, And so sometimes when it was cleaning day, I used to get taken home by Mr. Townsend because my gran was cleaning for him. Um, But he used to be part of a Bible study group of a group of men on a Monday night in the nearby town. And there were six or seven men who used to meet to study the Bible. And I said to him when I was like nine or so, can I come with you to to this meeting? And he said, well, not in term time, but in holiday time, if it's okay with your mum and dad, you can. So in holiday time I used to spend my Monday nights with, a, with about six or seven men who really got into God's Word. I mean they spent two hours just studying the Bible. And I, I didn't understand most of it, but I, I just picked up a love for God's Word. It was, it was, it, it was phenomenal. Um, an, immense, an immense privilege. Um, but when I was ten years old I was arguing with Mr. Townsend because I objected to the idea of being a sinner. I just didn't think I was a sinner. Um, And then it dawned on me something that had happened uh, three years earlier when I was seven years old. Um, It's a bit of a gruesome tale, uh, but I I had a pair of garden shears just helping my dad around the garden. And uh, there was quite a large frog. I don't think it was a toad, I think it was a frog. And um, I nearly chopped it in half, but didn't, which was great relief. But then I thought, hang on a minute let's see what happens to this frog if I cut its foot off and then what about its other foot and then what about its leg, can it hop on three legs and I slowly dissected this frog alive with these shears and I got punished for it and sent to my room whatever when I was seven but I didn't think a lot of it uh, but at ten years old it just dawned on me if I could do that, you know that's callous torture then this heart really is wicked. There's just something deeply wrong with it. And so I became a Christian um, that night in my grandmother's bedroom. My my dad's done our family tree, and he's gone all the way back to the 16th century. And uh, we found one vicar in it which is, uh, you know, gives me a bit of kudos doesn't it at least <coughs> he's talking to an ex-bishop that's got to um, but um, most of them are kind of farm labourers and uh, there was a convict that came to Australia pretty early on as well um, so you're right the, the, I, there weren't a lot of forebears who blazed the trail for me <coughs> um, I never lost that sense of I want to be a preacher um, but that I had bizarrely when I was four years old and, and so whatever I was going to do was only ever going to be interim so that I'd become a preacher. Um, and th- that story is a bit weird in the sense that I, I wanted to be a professional footballer, uh, but it was either going to be lack of ability or because I had more noble desires that stopped me. And uh, it was lack of ability. <laughs> um, so, so then I thought, okay, what am I going to be? And at uh, 15 I wanted to be a <clears throat> pilot. Uh, in the RAF, my dad had been in the, the Royal Air Force, my dad had <coughs> been in that, so I wanted to be a pilot. So I went for an interview and, and all that and, and, and I could get on their, their um, um, academy scheme and um, had a test and I have got a gammy eye because I had so many ulcers on it so I, 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 have, uh, I can't focus with my left eye so I was no good as a pilot. Uh, so then I decided I was going to be a probation officer and that was largely because I had an affinity for criminals because of my family. Um, and my brothers were appalled at the idea that I was going to be a probo, but that's what I was going to be. And my plan was that I'd be a probation <laughs> officer until I was 30, and then I would go to college, theological college, and become a minister. Uh, and I was preaching by the time I was 16. Um, and um, so this was the route I was going on, and it was all planned out. And um, I took my A-levels, which are the exams you take when you're 18, uh, you know, year 12, to get into university, my my A level I chose my A levels accordingly, and one of the um, so I, I, one of them was sociology, which I needed to get onto a social work course, a four year one to get a degree and a certificate of qualification in social work, to become a probation officer. Um, and uh, sociology, I was just good at it. I mean, I was I was good at engaging with those issues. I was good at and and in my marks um, I got straight A's. Uh, in all my essays, I got straight age. I was kind of the darling of the course uh, for, for my for my lecture, and I went into the exam. Um, oh, and I got accepted in, in a very good course to do uh, social uh, social work, and I had certain I needed to get certain A levels, um, and so I, I entered did the exam two three hour papers three hour uh, three essays, wrote on the back what they were went out saw my lecturer. And he said, so th- which are the questions that you answered, good, good questions, how did you answer them? Showed in the breakdown of my, my outline of my essay, he said, great answer, Steve. Uh, he said, I reckon you're going to get an A for that. And it was, it was hard to get an A then, it's easy now, that's what all old people say. Um, and um, the result came through and I got a U. Now, a U, I would have got a U if I had gone in and just put my name on the paper and walked out. And, so this was bizarre. Nobody understood it. That the, the school appealed, got rejected. So I resat again in November. Uh, in the meantime, I got a job in a factory because I was intent on becoming a, a social worker. Got the same result and retook it again in the June. Got the same result. So all of my plans to go to become a just I just couldn't do it. Uh, and this was my best subject. You know, it, it genuinely was like perplexing. So I ended up saying, "Okay, I'm going to go to Bible college," and um, I went to Bible college, and it wasn't a very good Bible college. In fact, it was a NAF Bible college, um, and I didn't learn any theology. But I came out and um, wanted to marry this girl, so became a church planter. <laughs> I think the key, the key thing, the key thing is, is the gospel. That's how I stay fresh. In that, in that. You just got to keep going back to the gospel. You've got to, you've got to keep going back to the, the, the gospel story that's told from Genesis to Revelation, and see how it's all fulfilled glor- gloriously in Christ and His people. Um, and and just to meditate upon the gospel, who God is, what He's done for us in Christ. And and I know that you know I, I lose that sense to the of, of kind of vigor and, and passion to, when when I lose sight of the gospel. Uh, we 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 have a saying in in, in our church that uh, whatever the question, the answer is the gospel. Uh, so it, it's genuinely true. Um, and and so my prayer often is every time I preach, every time I listen to our, our younger guys preaching, um, every time I open the Bible, is Lord, just just excite me about the gospel again. Let me believe the gospel again in the moment. Um, and there's a sense isn't there, in which I think it's about being, you know. You might think this is this is heresy, and I'll risk that. But I think it's about being saved again and again and again and again, like every, every day. I want to be saved. I want to understand the gospel with a fresh clarity, as though I'd never seen it before, and 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 just that sense of, of 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 who Christ is in all of His Majesty, and and who I am in all of my sin, and and yet Christ loved me, gave Himself for me. The gospel that says I'm more loved than I'd ever dare believe and i'm more sinful than i'd ever dare admit and that's what the gospel is that he died my he lived my life and died my that's what what the key thing is but then the second aspect of it is being part of a group of people who also love the gospel take the gospel seriously and take their responsibility for me seriously so they they invest in me um, and they hold me accountable and they love me and they rebuke me and they support me and they cherish me and, and, and seeing the gospel work in their lives reinvigorates me every every time when I, when I see them when I see them making strides in, in, in godliness when I see them repenting well when I see them when I see them loving others sacrificially that reignites my love for, 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 for the gospel and and dr- says I want to be doing this all my life what what I what I do, what I make myself do is is I make myself go back to the gospel all the time. I, I genuinely do. That's that's the most significant discipline. I make myself look at everything in terms of what it says about the gospel and how the gospel impacts it. So I rehearse the gospel regularly uh, to myself and to others. Um, and and uh, I I also make sure that uh, you know I'm I'm talking to my heavenly Father all the time. Um, not just kind of in a, a, a quiet time, but throughout the day. You know, I, I what what the old what the old Puritans used to talk about practicing the presence. You know, you practice the presence of God as you're driving along, as you. So I, 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 I choose. I don't really like a lot of Christian music. I think it's Nancy stuff, but uh, there's some stuff that's really good. And so I'm I, I choose some really good stuff that is, is full of truth. Uh, it's musically very evocative. I like Edwards, you see, Jonathan Edwards, who uh, who said that we sing in order to excite the affections, uh, and I think so, so. I listen to music, and very often if I'm doing a quiet time, I'll be read, I'll, I'll I'll listen to a song with an open Bible, and that will take me to passages and, and so on. Um, I also have a discipline that when I'm preparing talks, I pre- I, I read the Bible. At, see, some people say. You know, you as if you if you're doing a lot of Bible teaching, have a quiet time where you're not you're not doing it, and that might be kind of popular here. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. So when I'm preparing, I'm prepa- the first and foremost I'm preparing it for for me. This is this is speaking to my heart. I'm learning. Lord, open your Word to me, and Spirit, just apply it to my heart. Um, and so it's an immense privilege to have the discipline of after being this a lot, because I get exposed to the gospel a lot. Uh, but I have to prepare with that in mind, as opposed to this is a task I've got to get a sermon together. So my discipline is to self-consciously do that. Um, my discipline is to pray with God's people as much as possible. So, so to arrange times when we pray and when you know people are around, uh, it's to let's pray, um, and and that's 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 invaluable. So those are the the key disciplines that I have, and then finally, it's reading good literature. Um, you know, I, and, and so Jonathan Edwards, surprising narrative, stuff like that. I love reading that. Good biographies of, of godly men. Ian Murray's biography of Jonathan Edwards, uh, Banner of Truth, is a superb book. It's a superb biography, but it's, it just enriches your soul. I mean, it really does. So you've got to read uh, John, John Owen on mortification of sin. Um, you know, you, you, you can read kind of a modern version of it if you want, but it's better to go back to John Owen. Now, he's not the easiest writer in the world, but it will pay dividends, genuinely, you'll understand. Um, and, you know, just make sure you read, read good literature. And another book that I commend, that I, I, I do all the time, is uh, Richard Sibbs, who's another Puritan, A Bruised Reed He Will Not Break. Um, and it's pastoral, it's warm, it's, it just turns our heart to Jesus again. And, and it really is. The only thing that sustains me is the Spirit working in my heart and applying the Gospel and taking me to Jesus all the time.